pull out the Christmas trees, dust off your ornaments, unstring those lights, put some more new light bulbs in. It's Christmas time, folks, and it's Eminem week 14. Welcome in. Your host, Kyle McCumber, and my co-host, as always, Cole Mueller. Cole, how we doing? It's a good week of football. December, what else could we want? College football playoff rankings, Florida State, fuck them. And then outside of that, it's just, it's bowl season. On that. This is the week where where teams become playoff teams and, and then they get eliminated. These next two weeks. Two things. You said December time. Yeah, December football. Is it going to be a December to remember for the two of our teams? Second thing, Florida State, not really that upset that they got left out. I think that the teams that they put in, we're going to get the two best semifinal games out of those. The only gripe I had was sucks for Georgia too. Yeah, Georgia has got to feel like – I honestly – would have liked if somehow, and I don't even love the SEC, but if somehow they got Bama and Georgia in and Texas was kicked out. Like, I, I still think, you know, like, okay, Florida State, like, what did they do? Like, if you're going to get mad at Florida State, you can get, you can be okay. If you're okay with Florida State missing it, you can be okay with Texas missing it, in my mind. Yeah, they're true. both conference, they're both Power Five conference champions. And Texas has one loss. Mm-hmm. Florida State had no losses. I know the tr- Jordan Travis shit, but I think there was a way that I know the strength of record and everything didn't pan out when you look at the resumes for Georgia. But I thought resume of the last three years for Georgia might have gotten in the minds of the college football playoff committee. And that might have got Alabama three, Georgia four. But I was completely I, – I predicted the four teams, but I wish it was going to be Georgia. And even if you go to strength of schedule for Florida State, I know people keep talking about how they beat LSU. They beat Florida. LSU's in in a down year. Florida's not very good either. Clemson was bad this year. And no one in the ACC was very good. And in the ACC championship, they they beat a Louisville team by seven points. Yeah. I mean, Louisville's not very good either. They're ranked 14. I believe it was 10, but it was tied 3-3 late in the third quarter. Yeah. And and so, I mean, it just shows you no one thought – and the College Football Playoff Committee was watching the games live together. And that was a shitty game, and they didn't yeah. want to see that in the College Football Playoff. No. Uh, um, a little housekeeping, too, on our end. If everybody's tracking, if they tuned into the last episode, I was on a spur ride the last three days of last week. This guy is officially a cowboy. He's a spur holder. Boom. Notch on the belt there. Love that. Love it. Where's your cowboy hat? It's coming in the mail. Um, Only thing that I had, other two things I had for housekeeping. One, do you have a rebuttal to mustache? I've been thinking about it. It popped into my mind on Friday and then on Sunday. And I've been asking people to think about better things, too. I'm going to request a one-week extension. Uh, another one-week extension, granted. Um, you might like that after our two weeks, you know? You might oh, want... yeah. You... I, I continue to just be 500, and you have a five-in-one week. 
Well, I've had two bad weeks, so it's finally making up for itself. But mm-hmm. and the only other thing I have is I still have yet to pay up my chugs for Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bets on my Twitter. Um, I don't know if anybody who listens to the podcast follows along with those things, but do you think I should do them for the show? Like record them while we're doing the show and do the chugs during the show? Yeah, do it. All right. Well, I'll, I'll have to go get four beers at some point. Um, we, But that'll take us into our week one recap. Let's dive right in. First down, I'm going to go grab four beers. Talk to me about Dallas and Seattle. 41 Cowboys, Seahawks, 35. Dallas squeaks one out, and is Dak an MVP front runner? Question mark. Talk to me. He's the second. So I mean, you got Brock Purdy. Now he's the first. Which I don't know if I agree with that over Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's continuing to be in a different stratosphere from what he's been known as in the last three or four years. Like you look at, he was a middling quarterback that was just you know, the standard of what you want, but nothing more than a successful franchise quarterback. But I mean, right now you're looking at Dak and he's playing better than the the opponent. Like right. Jalen Hurts. Everyone thought Jalen Hurts might be, you know, a higher caliber quarterback than Dak Prescott. And it's like right now in the NFC East and even in the NFC, I put Dak number one and then he's playing better than some of these other all-star quarterbacks that aren't really living up to the hype. But I mean, biggest other stories in this one was, you know, Deron Bland had so much hype coming in. I mean, he still got another interception to make it eight on the season, but which is just, that's crazy for a second year, fifth round pick out of Fresno state. Um, yeah. But he, he had a bunch of uh, def- defensive player of the year talk going into this game. I mean, he did break the record for most pick sixes in a, in a year, which is good, but Getting torched by DK the way he did, that does not look good. And that, and that was the thing is, I mean, he still got his interception in the end, second half. But uh, DK Metcalf with three touchdowns, it it was honestly shocking to me how well the Seahawks played. The Seahawks, Seahawks were incredible in that game on offense, to say the least. But against the invincible Cowboys vaunted defense at home, like they're basically – unbeatable at home and then as we're saying this going into Thursday night football just chalking up a win for the Cowboys the Seahawks make it a crazy good game that was just like you never knew who was good like I can't believe that it was what 21-20 at half I believe I'm not looking at anything right now but it looked like the Cowboys played a perfect half and Dak Prescott got that there was a holding call when he ran it in for the touchdown to make it 24 to um I believe 14. And then all of a sudden they have to get it back. It's they kick a field goal and said, go for a touchdown. And then the last 40 seconds of the half, Geno Smith and they get that touchdown in the very like last couple plays of the half. And it was like, how the hell did the Cowboys, how are they down by one point? And they're, they've been phenomenal. So it's. That was one of my takeaways when I watched a couple of highlights, the Seahawks looked like, cause I was not available. The Seahawks look like a team that were playing at a desperation, trying to vie for that last playoff spot, like gripping onto it with like their claws and their talons, you know, um, coming out fighting against a very tough opponent. 
And if the Seahawks continue to play like this, they have potential to come back, like rebirth and get back into the playoff picture. But still have a game against the 49ers this week. And the Cowboys, like you mentioned before, host the Philadelphia Eagles, which we'll get into that later, which will be fun. What second game we got the Chargers going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. Chargers were uh or Chargers were six point favorites. And I mean that was, you know, that was a push. But what <laughs> what that was a that was a terrible fucking game. And I mean the Chargers are just a win's a win for the Chargers at this point. I think you're not really trying to get the best first round pick. If you're LA, you're trying to string together wins as the, you know, like I was saying, Brandon Staley losses would lose his job if he lost that game. Like I had no doubt. I thought he would get fired if they came away with a loss. So they're just trying to do whatever they can to get another win on the chalkboard. But Bailey Zappi's not it. That was my takeaway. Like don't, you're trying to find whatever you can do to, to, you know, change things up. Bill Belichick described afterwards in the press conference that uh, Mac Jones just wasn't developing and getting the production throughout his opportunities. And he thought that Billy Zappi deserved an opportunity because of that. Um, and I mean, I think that's his last opportunity. You need to get Bailey Zappi as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Unless like they, what do they do? Will Greer or Malik Cunningham? I don't, I really don't know the quarterback situation for the Patriots right now. But it's clear that they're not going to go back to Mac Jones. That's like the bottom line. Yeah. This was a disgusting game. It was in the rain, too. Not many heads were paying attention to it because it is two bad teams. Um, the Chargers kind of are winning their themselves out of like a good pick spot for first-round draft picks. Patriots are doing a great job tanking. And are doing an even better job of getting even higher and higher in the draft now, sitting firmly at the second overall pick. No. Um, somehow the Patriots are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So I'd love to see that calculation. But just funny that it's week 14 now, and only one team is mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Um, I so- thought they weren't mathematically eliminated because they could technically still win their division. That was before the last – that was before this past week where they lost. And Okay. But the last week when they were, I believe, 1-9, maybe they were 1-10. Um, I think they were 1-10. They were um, still alive. But anyways, besides that, we got Cardinals at Steelers. This was a tough one if you're a Steelers fan because obviously playoffs, you're just holding on for dear life. And, you know, you were 7-4, and four, now you're falling – I mean, seven and five looks like the two teams that are out of the playoffs right now. You know, the Bills and the Texans are looking like prime to make a run. And then it's like the Browns and Steelers are holding on for what they can. And so you got five games left. It's going to be an interesting season. But look, going back to this game, there's three delays. One of them was over like an hour long. And so it kind of just, ruin the whole mojo of whatever Kenny Pickett had going with, you know, their brand new offense that was, you know, had one firecracker success week. But my other thing I'll take away from this game 
is Trey McBride has been like I watched a lot of that game. It's, I mean, red zone was kind of on throughout and then just checking in on like my phone with, you know, the game that I thought was the most interesting, but Trey McBride, it wasn't even like average catches. They were like incredible. And I look at it, it's like eight receptions, 89 yards. Touchdown. I, he had a, well, he had a couple that were called back and wow. there was, there was another touchdown that was called back, but it was like, he looks like one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And I know it's his second season. Um, I forget the school he's out of, but uh, he's a, he looks like a beast, and, and he's and, almost like a better. Who's the who's Cole Komet in the Bears? He looks like a a faster, more dynamic Cole Komet. Cole Komet. And the other thing is, uh, James Conner gets his revenge against Pittsburgh, finding the end zone two times for the Arizona Cardinals, fueling them to a victory. Kenny Pickett now ankle injury, most likely out for Thursday night football. As you mentioned in the beginning of this, like to tip off this game. Pittsburgh Steelers clawing at holding on to a playoff position with the Texans and Bills firmly right behind them, waiting to pounce. This could be danger for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think what will edge them in this Thursday night game that we're going to preview later on, I just want to touch on it because we already hit the two teams that are going to be in the Thursday night game, Patriots-Steelers. Steelers defense will hold them in that game firmly and most likely probably win. I won't say will, but. Man, that's going to be a huge head scratcher for Steelers fan base if they lose that game. But again, it's not like they have the offense that can just. Patriots, the only thing they can hold on to is that they have a solid defense at this point. Not a great defense, but a solid defense. Uh, going into the Colts. At Tennessee Titans, Colts 31, Titans 28. The Colts cover with their minus two and a half. So they beat the spread. This was a really good football game. And I honestly thought that the Titans were probably going to take this one because they impressed me on offense. It looked like their classic old run game was back. And finally... Derrick Henry, he's getting holes and he's getting to the outside like he hasn't been able to earlier in the year. Uh, but the story was what the Colts had two special teams blocks, two special teams touchdowns. And right now, you know, even with the Titans formula, getting Derrick Henry 100 yards rushing, multiple touchdowns, uh, Will Levis playing solid, not great, but solid. Like, I don't know if you saw his. Uh, like fumble slash interception that he had. They called it a, a, a fumble, but it looked like an interception that went 10 yards downfield. And he, as soon as he threw the ball, he is running. Like as soon as it gets like kind of stripped from his hand mm -hmm. towards the linebacker and then like just gets the ball back from the linebacker. Like the linebackers run in with it, coughs it up with Will Levis's contact. And then Will Levis pounces on the ball like he's like a all-star safety. Jesus. And got them another possession. Like it was an incredible little like sequence. Um, Derek Henry, Derek Henry did get hurt in this game. Did not return. And Tajay Spears did take over the running, like full running back duties, fourth end of fourth quarter into the overtime that they played. Really? Okay. Yes. So yeah, I missed I missed overtime in this game. I missed the fourth quarter too. 
But I the remember Titans, the Titans easily moved the ball down the field. Then they ended up, I think they got a penalty. I don't remember if it was a holding or a false start that set them back. And then they got a few yards, were in field goal range, took the field goal. And then what do you know? Gardner Minshew, that boy out there slinging it with his long hair and his mustache, scores a touchdown to win the game to Michael Pittman. On a great and... route. They ran they ran that play, the one that scored the touchdown. They ran an alteration of that play, I think, three different times before they ran it in that style where Michael Pittman just rubbed and then, like, came around. And the number one primary was whoever he, he rubbed the corner off of, whoever came off of him. That was the first time that they took it to Michael Pittman. And funny, he's got 16 targets. I mean – I- do you think Anthony Richardson's going to get his number one receiver 16 targets? And it, do you, it's weird because, like, Anthony Richardson, like, think of him mobile quarterback. Like, how many rushing yards is he going to get? How many, like, different boxes yeah, is he going to see? I'm thinking he's, I think he's an incredible talent, but like I was, I've always said this season, I think for this year, and I'm not saying it's good for the Colts franchise, it's not that Anthony Richardson got hurt, not for the season, but for this season, for the Colts, if they want, if you have a fan that's 105 years old or you have someone that's YOLO and they're, they want to see this, the, the playoffs this year, your best chance was Gardner Minshew starting over Anthony Richardson. I just think Rob Richardson was raw, like raw, and he would make mistakes in close games where you're playing, you know, veteran team, veteran defenses. I don't think he would maybe play as well with those down the field throws. Do you think a Colts fan is just upset? Not upset that they're winning, but upset that Anthony Richardson isn't at the helm getting this experience that he's missing out on? Yeah, I do. Like that's it's it's a catch 22 where you know you you are winning games. I think it'll it goes into he this is Shane Staken, right? The the former Steichen, Eagle, yeah. Steichen, he's the former Eagle. Yep. Uh it goes a lot to say that he what he's done for this team, and they are finding ways to win, which is impressive. I know that they don't play in the hardest division, but they had you know seven wins is nothing to fucking shake a finger at. That's that's no. impressive, especially with a roster that not everybody thought was that like elite. And people are saying he's a prime coach of the year candidate. I know everyone loved him as his play calling and his offensive savviness, like especially with. You look at the Eagles and their kind of struggles they're having with that dominant, unbelievable star-studded roster on offense. And, you know, it kind of ties back to like, wow, maybe a lot of that was Shane Steichen. So um here, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in right here, right, right quick. Hey Andy, first first chug that I owe you uh during the recording of Eminem going deep. Here we go. Don't spill it. Ah. That was a good one. Oh, um, but going into the next game, Denver Broncos at Houston Texans. Texans take the win at home, 22-17. This looked like a playoff game. Like, this was, in all sense and purposes, like, it looked closer than it really was. Yeah, the Texans never saw, easily could have blown them out. If they, could, never, if they executed yeah. very well, they could have blown the Broncos out. Lots of field goals um, from what I remember in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson looks like he had three interceptions. Uh, 
kind of just they lost their from the first half. They looked nothing like the hot team that was just rolling and that offense was finally clicking again. Uh, but yeah, Texans cover. Uh, they go to seven and five. They're still on the bubble. They have don't have a wild card spot yet, but that's one of those teams where, I mean, you look at their remaining schedule. They got the Jets. They're over five point favorites in that game. Then they have the Titans. Then that Browns game's massive. Massive game. And they have the Titans and Colts again. So I mean, so the, the Browns, reason why they're not in the playoffs right now is if you remember they lost to the Colts yeah. earlier in the year. So, that, I mean, that could really come down to be like the Sunday night football game of the last week of the season where it determines whoever wins goes to the playoffs, whoever loses doesn't. I could see Texans-Colts being a play winning in or losing out type game. Um, you have anything else on this one? CJ Stroud, he just looks like a seasoned vet, man. And, and if uh... – and if he was given an opportunity to like go down and score to win the game, I think he honestly would have. He, he just looked that good. Nico Collins with Tank Dell's injury emerged as wide receiver one for the Texans. He was cooking Patrick. Sertan. He was already in my mind. He was already wide receiver one for the Texans. I think. And... I, I think I agree with you, but he was more. But Tank Dell was more of the comfortable like C.J. Stroud go to guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think he's obviously the more explosive as well. But Collins was already had two 50-plus yard receptions, a 52-yarder and a 59-yarder before the tank tail injury. Like, hmm. he was already cooking. Um, but, yeah, that was a tough loss for the, the Texans. They're a young team. Kind of remind me of, of their defense is playing well too, but they kind of remind me of the Packers right now. But that's not what I was going to think at all before the year because obviously – I mean, Texans are – they're not a younger team than the Packers, but you think of them as a younger team just because Stroud's a rookie and Jordan Love's a 30-year rookie. But um, I think I think also we talk a lot about defensive uh, – offensive rookie of the year, most likely C.J. Stroud, right? I think that Will Anderson of the Houston Texans has a reasonable case to be – defensive rookie of the year when while watching this game he was all over the field again in russell wilson's face causing pressure stop stuffing runs in the backfield like and javante williams is not a running back that's easy to take down yeah i'm uh i'm literally looking that up to see defensive rookie of the year and see who's the favorite right now who will win 23 23 Favorite is Jalen Carter. Second favorite is Devin Witherspoon. Third favorite is Will Anderson. So, but it's not even close. Like Will Anderson is far removed from Jalen Carter and Devin Witherspoon. I was going to say Witherspoon. I didn't really follow Jalen Carter season this year. Um, Who do you think has more sex, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? I'm going to go Will Anderson, but I think Jalen Carter is probably – Got more TFLs. Jalen Carter has four defensive sacks on the season. And Any hang TFLs? On. Hang on. Let's... That. Oh. Damn it, this is not giving me tackles for losses. It's just giving me tackles. 
it's fun. Yeah, I really want to know it now. But anyways, I'll let you find that stat. We'll move to the next game. Lions no, but at- I, think, I think you are right, though. The Texans are emerging as a very good team, and they're finding ways to win. Broncos, you're going to catch a loss at some point, right? That was five in a row that they won. Like, you're going to catch a loss soon, like sooner rather than later. You're not going to go the whole year undefe- uh, not losing. Well, I mean, they were one in five, so that's where – or was it one in six? But they had – no, they were one in five, and they had to fucking, you know, win. But anyways, Lions at Saints. Lions were four-point favorites. They covered. They won 33-28 in New Orleans. Uh, this one looked like a Lions domination from the start. It was 21 nothing within – the first seven minutes of the game and people were thinking that the lions might score 80 points and the saints were just pathetic. My question is, so Jameis Winston went in the game, but was he hurt? Was it because Derek Carr got hurt or was it because Derek Carr got benched? No, he, he got. He, you don't. You didn't know that Derek Carr got carted off the field. No. Yeah, Derek Carr got carted off the field. So he's like, that's. A I don't know if ending. he's. I don't know if he's season ending. I haven't heard anything about that. But yes, I remember watching Derek Carr get carted off the field. And also, that's not the only person that got carted off the field. This was also a game where Alvin Kamara goes out of bounds, gets pushed out of bounds, and he falls. Oh, and he hit yes, the, I saw that live. I saw the, it live. Oh, that was awful. It was like also, a ball boy. Also, to clean this up, Jalen Carter, four sacks, six tackles for loss. Will Anderson, five sacks, eight tackles for loss. Interesting. Well, Will Anderson wasn't a Georgia Bulldog. He was a Bama. So, so whatever. Maybe that's a SEC bias. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the Lions really, like what Dan Campbell said, they're not concerned or worried about the future of the team after losing on Thanksgiving for the seventh straight year. And now, I mean, Jared Goff looked excellent, especially in the first half. So a little, a little known stat that I caught was the games that the um, Lions had been losing – or were getting in trouble of losing, like the Bears game. Jared Goff had, I forget what what the percentage was that he passed on, and Dan Campbell was like, nope, we're not going to throw the ball that much anymore. And this game, Jared Goff only threw the ball, I think it was like 25 times. Yeah. And the games that they were close of losing, like, and were turning the ball over, uh, he was throwing it around 40 times. So they limited the amount of times that Jared Goff threw it and the turnovers drastically dropped. Yeah. Uh, other thing is, like, I remember this too because playing against him in fantasy, Cole misses the playoffs because of Sam Laporta. Nine receptions on nine targets for 140 yards and a touchdown. And it was just like, you knew the ball was going to go to Laporta. I was just, as you know, sensing he was the guy I was playing in fantasy. I also could just see how they were putting him in motion into a trips spread. And, you know, it was just designed for him in the red zone. And he was catching everything. And Jared Goff was putting it right where he needed it. But 
Lions go to nine and three, really look to just take the division. And then it sucks for the Saints who go another game back from the Falcons as the Falcons take the win, which if you're done with that game, we can transition to the Falcons game, which was... Yeah, I, I don't really have much else on there. Uh, the only other thing was Jamison Williams getting utilized uh, by the Lions is like get it get him involved in the offense and their their offense will be way more explosive is all I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, Falcons in MetLife against the Jets. The Falcons were three point favorites. They covered the spread and win by five, thirteen to eight. Looked like bad weather conditions, rain throughout the game. Uh, I mean, Tim Boyle, isn't it? Falcons defense looked like the 1985 Bears. And, I mean, Bud Dupree making plays, Clayus Campbell. Like, it was impressive. I know A.J. Terrell looked to get injured. But uh, Tim Boyle looked so bad they took him out for Trevor Simeon. And are you not – did you not get that notification today that they cut Tim Boyle today? No. Tim Boyle got cut today. That sucks. You know, as a former Packer, you hate that for him. But I don't think he was it. And Desmond Ritter had a terrible football game and, like, somehow still, like, they take a win um, and they go to 500. There was really nothing that stood out on the offense for either team. But I know Jesse Bates had that interception. And it was like every time the Jets got the ball – Every time their defense put them in a good position, the Jets Fun. did nothing with it. Yeah. And like, Went lose yards. yeah, it was like sack, sack, penalty, fumble. Like, it was just, what the fuck? So, I don't know. It's like the Jets really have a bigger problem than a quarterback coming in there with a bad Achilles and taking them to the playoffs. Like, yeah. that's now, out of the picture. Now they're asking Zach Wilson to return to QB1 and when asked, Zach Wilson was no, like, "I don't know if I don't know uh, if I want to." That tracking that wasn't what was said. I don't know. That's what Aaron Rodgers denied that report on the Pat McAfee show today and attacked the reporter that claimed that was true. It wouldn't surprise me if it was or wasn't true. Yeah, but if we want to move along. What we got? Dolphins at Commanders. This was your lock of the week, and boy, were you right? The Dolphins like. Can you can someone play cover two or cover three against the fucking Dolphins? Maybe that's just too easy thinking. I'm not going to say it's going to fix you against Mike McDaniel and that offense. They're still going to go and carve you up for at least, you know, a couple touchdowns in a game minimum. But what are you doing with playing some cover one man? It looked like every time you just see these cover one man defenses against fucking Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Hill had like two 60 plus yard touchdowns. And, like, does Ron Rivera want to lose his job ASAP yes. so he can sit on his couch for the holidays? He wants to retire. Paid, and get paid $50,000 a day doing it? Like, probably yes. that, now that I think about it. but Sounds great. It's like, come on, man. What are you? Tyreek Hill said he was time? offended that they played man-to-man defense against him. And I, I didn't even, like, I didn't know that. And, like, but I just remember watching, like, those two touchdowns. And I'm like, that's the easiest way to – to score and you have the fastest player in the NFL top five, at least. And I mean, again, the running backs get involved with the dolphins. Devin a chain back and yeah, he's it's cooking. Like, 
you know that they're right now the one seed and you like their chances against pretty much any team in the AFC they're playing better than they're outperforming. Um, one team I'm like scared of that I don't really want to see is probably the Bills. Um, mm. But, I mean, the Chiefs, you're not really worried about. I mean, the Ravens, they have a, a good team, but I think the Ravens compare to the Dolphins. And I think the Dolphins match up better with the Ravens than they do against a team akin to the, the Bills. But mm. That'd be uh, an interesting matchup to say the least. Uh, just like the defense of the Ravens against the Dolphins offense. That'd be yeah. that'd be a good game. Um, I think that <clears throat> Dolphins, what I said last week, they beat the absolute piss out of bad teams. And that Dolphins offensive coordinator, he should be getting more looks at to become a head coach in this offseason because he's doing a pretty good job of calling some plays. Does he call the plays or does Mike Van Mike Mike McCain? Mike McCain. All right. That might be a little bit off the off base then. But look across the field, and Eric Bieniemy is not doing it for the Washington Commanders offense. So no. bad that they took Sam Howell out of this game in the end, and Jacoby Brissett finished the game. I didn't know that, but that's yes, Sam Howell was off. They took him. They took him out of the game, and they were like, we're not going to risk you of injury, Sammy. Come over here. Come to the sideline, and we'll take care of you. We'll go. I don't know what the Washington Commanders are going to do at head coach. They'll be fine. Like, I don't know who they're going to go after. Maybe they give a offensive coordinator a shot. Eric Bieniemy, you think so? I think he's probably give him a year before you just completely change the entire system. Just take the hot the top guy down and plug in the backup. You know, the second second coach in the the running, Eric Bieniemy. But I don't know. Uh, I also don't really care who the head coach of the Washington Commanders is that much because I feel like the you Washington should care Commanders, a little bit. <laughs> they're in your they're your talented, conference. but and they are talented. You know, that's a twenty twenty four problem. That um, is a twenty twenty four problem. You're not really worrying about them anymore for that last seed for the wild card. They're kind yeah. of out of it, even though yeah. they keep putting they keep putting the Commanders like in the hunt in those graphics. I don't have I don't see them in the hunt in my graphics, but. And that's because I'm only looking at like I want I want you to give me a graphic of who's in the hunt right now for you. Like I just want you to make it and then I'll put it in right here. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucking six teams fighting for two spots. There's no there's no one else in the playoffs right now besides the six and seven seed in the NFC. And that's that's the mini playoff race that that I live in. I don't care about any other playoff race. I'm Joking. in the same playoff race as you. I'm in the same exact one. No, but there's but more I'm, teams. Different teams, different teams. I see. I don't care about your side. There's only six teams and that I care about right now. <laughs> um, but again, besides that, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay gets a win. One of those six teams I care about. Um, they go 21-18. Mike Evans looks really good. You know, the Panthers looked like they were going to sneak a win in this one, and they figure a way to lose it. Um, people are blaming Bryce Young, game ceiling interception at the end of the game. Uh, what was the spread? Buccaneers minus five. They don't cover. Um, but, yeah, 
uh, neither offense looked like really good, but I mean, the, the Buccaneers were efficient throughout, you know, they had ebbs and flows of like successful offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Evans looks like, you know, still a really good receiver. He goes 10th season straight. He clips a thousand yards. Yep. Uh, Chubba Hubbard. I know people like our fellow Panthers fan. He's a fan of Chubba Hubbard. He's uh, really one of the only key bright spots of that offense right now that you're yeah. really proud of. But Mingo had uh, six receptions on 10 targets. So yeah. rookie wide receiver starting to get a groove with Bryce Young, hopefully. I still think Mingo is kind of just a raw. He's a traits he's a traits receiver with mm-hmm. you know he's kind of got a aj brown dk metcalf body mm-hmm. but he's really he's got a lot to learn as far as a receiver but um i don't have much on this game yeah fucking let's move 42 19 49ers eagles what do you got oh my lanta just 42 19 uh 49ers <laughs> beat the absolute piss out of the eagles debo samuel reminds the world of why they call him fucking Debo with three touchdowns and two very long receiving touchdowns where he just, he's probably still running how fast he looked and no one from the Eagles wanted to tackle him. Brock Purdy dices up the Eagles secondary cements himself probably in the MVP conversation, just with the stats he's naturally putting up and the San Francisco 49ers are just having a good year as well, puts himself in that conversation. McCaffrey has a little bit of a down day, but if we're calling 93 yards and a touchdown, a down day for McCaffrey, that's that's just another day at the office for some running backs. 49ers look really good. Their defense gave Jalen Hurts a lot of problems. That's something to look at. Eagles, I think you'll be just fine. I think your team is a little tired. They have been playing teams that are getting more rest than them, which is kind of annoying because this coming week they're going to get another opponent where they're they are coming off. They're going to have ten days of rest, and the Eagles are only going to have seven days of rest playing the Cowboys, who just played on Thursday. That's yeah. a tough matchup. And I uh, go ahead. Uh, and I think that this game was a good test point to see how much AJ Brown and Devontae Adams, like how that split worked out. Cause it had been more AJ Brown usage than anything from Devontae, uh, not Devontae Adams, Devontae Smith and Devontae Smith. These last two games has really come back into the fold as that one B wide receiver that we saw a year ago. I think that's huge for the uh, Eagles offense and getting Dallas Goddard back. I think we'll add another wrinkle to their offense once He's fully healthy. I think they also have to use DeAndre Swift more. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think DeAndre Swift is a very good running back, and they underutilize his abilities. Like yeah, get I Kenneth think... Gainwell and Boston Scott off the field. Like they they're not as good as him. No, I'm. I think they bring different skill traits as far as like. I think you look at Boston Scott, and he's a good spell back. I don't think he's really someone that you have to build a package around, but 100% Kenneth Gainwell is probably a more precise route runner and better hands. DeAndre Swift, again, he's 
dynamic. He can catch the ball, but he's not maybe what you're looking for there. But um, in every third down package, I will say, um, I you know, I remember three weeks ago I had my updated like playoff predictions, and I'm not saying this is going to be right, but hold on, let me pull it up right here. I have the Niners. I had them beating the Eagles, which isn't like a oh I'm you know I think they were favored. A lot of people thought that, but three weeks ago I had this. This wasn't when they were like the hottest team in football. Um, and I have the Eagles as the two seed, and I have the Eagles. I think they lose to the Cowboys this week, and so I mean they're gonna drop two games back to back, and then they'll be the two seed, and then I mean if you're a seven seed, who do you what would who would you rather play as the two seed? The Eagles in Philly or the Niners in San Francisco? I wouldn't want to play either of those teams. But who would you rather play more? I guess maybe the Eagles because that secondary is just beat up. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Eagles have not been as dominant as you'd expect them to be to this point. Now, again, I think both teams are top three teams, top four teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how much better the AFC was than the NFC. And maybe there's uh, worse teams at the bottom in the NFC. Mm-hmm. But I do think the the NFC has, like, I think three of the best four, maybe three of the, uh, three of the best five for sure teams right now. Yeah, are Philly, in Philly, San Francisco, and Dallas. Yeah, and – and the, the before Thanksgiving, people would be considering the Lions up there too. But I mean, I put the Lions right where the Ravens are in terms of their football team. I think I still think highly of the Ravens beat the piss out of the Lions. So you're right. You're, that is true. I forget. <laughs> I forget that. That would make me put the Ravens above them. But I just don't trust either team in the playoffs. That's what I'm kind of trying to say. Um, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, I don't really have much on that game. You pretty much hit all points. Going to Browns at Rams. Rams were four-point favorites. And then 36-19, that was not – like that game was a lot closer than the score show. Obviously, it got, you know, inflated at the end. It was 20-19. to You guys scored. You had a chance to tie it, missed the extra point. What do you got? It's the same thing as the week prior. We were in the game going into the fourth quarter, and then all the wheels fell off. Joe Flacco throws an interception when we we stopped the Rams after the uh, what should have been game tying touchdown, but Dustin Hopkins misses the extra point. We stopped the Rams three and out. Joe Flacco gets the ball and he throws a fucking interception to John Johnson the third, who was a dog shit player for the Browns last year. We cut him. And then of course he gets that interception. All tides flip there. And then once the Rams go down and score touchdown off that interception, the Browns go three and out again, punt it. Rams go right down the field touchdown. I think the biggest story out of this game for the Browns is that their defense was kind of exposed again. Their defense was, they didn't make very many stops, couldn't come up with a turnover, didn't generate much pressure against Matt Stafford. Miles Garrett had literally zero stats, not a single tackle. Denzel Ward didn't play. I think 
a lot of people are buying into Denzel Ward's absence as the reason why the Browns defense has been so bad these last two games. I don't think it's that. I think it's our front seven is a little bit more injured than we're indicating on the injury report. A la Miles Garrett just being non-existent. And I think Zadarius Smith is a little banged up and we're not getting pressure. And those corners that we play man-to-man coverage on the outside with, they can't cover for four, five, six seconds at a click. They're they're going to get beat in those, like when it goes over that three to four second mark. And that's what happened. Matt Stafford had time to throw and he diced us up. So you guys go to seven and five. Mm-hmm. The Rams go to 500 going on a three game win streak since they lost to the Packers. And then, I mean, right now, You've got the Jaguars next week, which was kind of chalked up from both of us as a loss until Trevor Lawrence gets hurt. And now Brown's going to next week as a three-point favorite. Um, But, I mean, realistically, I think you guys should and will go three and two. If you're Kevin Stefanski, Cole, I got to ask you this. If you're Kevin Stefanski, who do you start? Joe Flacco, DTR. Joe Flacco. I don't. Why is Kevin Stefanski shuffling his feet at who's going to start this week? Then Probably you and I both, he, you and I both watched that that Rams game. He he fucking actually had, as Browns fans like to quote, zip on the ball. But and Amari he, Cooper, did you hear what Amari Cooper said in the before the game? There was like a report came out about how he was just like enamored with Joe Flacco's ball, like just how tight of a spiral and how strong of a pass he could throw. He's throwing such nice spirals. And, I mean, here's why I think he's doing it is because he can keep it close to the vest. I mean, I'm sure inside the building, in the house, they know mm-hmm. Flacco's starting, but they want the Jaguars to prepare for two completely different styles of offense. Yeah. So- and And I think also another thing that blows my mind, so this is year four of Kevin Stefanski, so this is his fourth year. In the last five years, the Brown the, this past weekend, the Browns threw over ten threw passes for over nineteen air yards. I think it was five times in the game. So they threw long, very deep passes five times in this past game. That's the first time in five years that they threw for attempted those passes for five times in a game. And I mean, it's not like. Flacco's not going to make mistakes. Again, there's a reason why he came off the fucking street. Mm-hmm. But you, you've got to believe that he's your best chance in the playoffs too. Like he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. How so many have- other guys in that have that type of arm still? Can you just pick up off the street that have a Super Bowl pedigree? And like we're called elite once in their day. Mm-hmm. Like the, so, there's five games left in the season, right? Yeah. The Browns have three home games. That's kind of where I'm leaning towards that. I'm like, okay, maybe we can make a run here because statistically the Browns defense is the number one defense when they play at home, when they're on the road, they are the 30th defense. That's incredible stat. Um, I didn't know that the other guy, which I don't think you want to rotate another quarterback in, but RG three. 
No, yeah. shut up. <laughs> RG3. No, shut up. <laughs> um, let, me get, let me get a Manuel Acho, too, to play outside linebacker. Yeah. Um. All right. Next game, we have Sunday Night Football. Nothing much there. Let's just go into just Monday go Night into Football. Just go into Monday Night yeah. Football. <laughs> no, uh, Packers 27, Chiefs 19. That was my lock of the week. I had the Packers, obviously. No, I'm I had kidding. the Packers. I'm kidding. I had the Chiefs as my lock of the week, and obviously I did that to fade them. Um, but anyways, I will say I expected that game to go a little bit differently. I did think the Packers had a chance, though. and I thought they uh, had a real good chance. It's something to be, you know, just build confidence within the Packers locker room. Chiefs, you're going to be fine. I mean, there's really – you got the Bills. That's a tough game. And then you'll run the table after that. So I think Bills are really going to be hungry in that game and might come up with a win. But besides that, that's really going to make you at least, if not the one seed, the two seed. And some people still believe they will be the the one seed after that. But I don't know. Looks like the Packers finally have their quarterback of the future. We can kind of confirm that. The Christian Watson play where he gets hurt at the end of the game, that's disheartening. I don't want to hear anything about the officials. Uh, Yeah, Chiefs, you're going to be all right. I think I agree with you there, Cole, that especially coming out of the bye week, Bill's coming off a bye, playing the Chiefs, which has now become a rivalry basically. Bills are going to be hungry, so the Chiefs got to be aware here. Packers, though, they they've had a recipe to beat the Chiefs in this game, and I think and one of it, one of one piece of that recipe or one ingredient was keep away. They kept the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands as long as they could. the The Chiefs only had two possessions in the first half. Yeah. And think about when we had our plays, our big plays on defense. You had three sacks, red, three sacks in the red zone in the first half, mm-hmm. which, you know, we really had two possessions. We had our third possession, obviously. But you look at it and, like, we went, like, really, it was a really quality game in terms of both teams were moving the ball. And it was, like, wasn't terrible defense either. Uh that fourth and one where Jordan Love threw it deep to Dobbs and just let it hang, and then he came down with it. That was really the turning point of the game. But uh, that was the just, moment where I was like, "This is that's your that's your guy, Cole." I told and I told you before the game, this is going to be Jordan Love's coming out party. Yeah, and I okay, I I've always kind of known. I would say since, I mean, before the Steelers game. It's got to be since. I mean, who'd they play before the Steelers? They played the Rams. No, nah, before the Rams, like the the Broncos and Raiders game. Even when they came up short, I still was believing that Jordan Love was the guy because he was not the one making the mistakes, and people started to blame him because at the end of games he wasn't coming up with the game-winning throw, you know, in the back of the end zone with the last 20 seconds of the game. But that's not many quarterbacks in this day and age 
you know, like they're not going to get that done. But slowly and slowly, Jordan Love is, you know, moving his way up the ranks of quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm not saying he's top 10, but he's he's definitely like if you go up and stack people who you like more, I think you're looking at him as like a top 13, 14 quarterback in the NFL right now. I think he might be higher than that, bud. I not I don't want to do that just yet. I've literally wrote it down and like kind of like stacked up like who I'd want. But like I love Jordan Love. I think he will be a top ten quarterback. I just don't know right now where you'd throw him. Like you gotta account for the people that are injured, like Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, those guys. But And there seems to be like a little bit of magic around your Green Bay Packers right now. And I'm only saying that because in those desperate times where like you needed a play, there the play happened like that Romeo Dobbs catch. There was a few other things that happened that like just were absolute great plays. And there, I, I don't magic might not be the best word. I think it's confidence. Now there is a confidence in a young football team and they're finding ways to win. And they're confident along the, like, like at each other's side, basically he's got a young wide receiver core. The secondary that you guys have out there is young as well. And they did a pretty good job of holding Travis Kelsey in check, holding all the, like the wide receivers of the chiefs in check. And then, you know, you, you do have your go-to guy in uh, Preston Smith or no, Rashawn Gary. Gary I'll give you, I'll give you one step before we move that game. There is, I saw this yesterday there. So the average, so the Packers, Jordan Love right now is the has the fifth most touchdown passes in the NFL. And so he's in the top five in touchdown passes. The average uh yards for the other top five quarterbacks with touchdown passes, the average career receiving yards combined is over 13,500 yards for just their top three receivers. So their top three receivers have a combined average of 13,500 yards on their career yardage, if that makes sense. Mm. So like the Packers, their top eight weapons combined have less than 3,000 yards receiving. Their top eight. So it's just like crazy to think. And then their top three have less than 1,400. So you look at like the Packers, like they're like one eleventh of the career experience and like proven, you know, success of those other teams. And they're so young and raw. And that's why I think people are shocked at the Packers when they look at them because they came a long way from two and five. And it's because they're so young. Many teams can't become so much better in one year. But I mean, we could easily blow these next five games and, be talking about how we just didn't, you know, continue to fix the roller coaster. But I mean, it's we won our most unlikely three games that we were supposed to lose, and we could lose the next five. But going to the next game, Bengals at Jaguars. Jaguars, eight point favorites. All of a sudden, Browning as the backup quarterback, but I mean he was he was a star in Washington. So yeah, he, he comes in there. And fucking Zach Taylor does everything he can do to, you know, fucking give the the receivers the ball to throw and, you know, make mistakes with it. But I know uh, 
it was at least for me that turned my head as far as like I was going to write the Bengals off before this game even started. And they're like, you know how we talk about the teams in the bubble? Like the Bengals are are still in the bubble. And that's that's really the Bengals and Broncos are the end of the AFC bubble right now. And but the Bengals are they're a really good team to have at the very bottom of the bubble. And if Browning can play like that every week, and I know it sucks because Trevor Lawrence with tie game and scoring position gets that bad injury. That might have been why they lost the game, but I mean, when your quarterback throws for 32 of 37 and two of his incompletions are drops, that's three. He he literally had three incompletions. Yeah. That's insane. Your backup quarterback. Yeah, your backup It's a really good defense. Against a good secondary, too. Like the Jaguars secondary is very good. Yeah. Josh Allen not a is a very good pass rusher. What's up with the Jaguars though? That's an absolute dud to throw out there to America. Like you were saying like yeah, well, like like we were about to write off the Bengals. A lot of people probably had wrote, written off the Bengals. I mean, they didn't play pathetically bad. It was just you have to understand the Bengals still have a really good roster. You're talking a playoff really talented playoff team the last two seasons. They have they were built to win the Super Bowl this year, like coming in the year. Mm. And they're one of those top three teams that everyone was talking about in the AFC. You're looking at the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. And now this it's is... like week 14, and they still have the same players. It's just they haven't gotten the success. Their defense, they still have that fucking Italian Lou Anarumo or whatever the fuck his name is as their defensive coordinator. And they play good football. They got Trey Hendrickson. They got the fucking Michigan DB, like Dax Hill or whatever. Like they got star yeah, players. And I don't know. I'm just the Bengals. I'm not writing off yet. Yeah, keep playing like that. They'll make some noise, especially if they face off against some weaker opponents in these last few games. Jaguars got to battle back now without potentially Trevor Lawrence. So that means CJ Bethard takes the takes the uh, takes the snaps now. But for everybody. And not tracking, let's head into second down. And with second down, you know what that means. It means one beer chug. We're heading into second down. We're going to do another beer chug, beer chug, beer chug. Mm-hmm. Did you get it? Did you finish it? Come on, I was slow. Woo. All right, second All right, Thursday down. night football. This is the best game of the year. Patriots at Steelers. If you're looking for offense, turn on your TV and make sure you're on Netflix and not Amazon Prime. But What were you uh, going to watch on Netflix instead of this game? I mean, probably some fucking Christmas movie. God forbid. You know, we're getting to the point. But no, um, this is... This will be a uh, closer game than I think people are going to expect. And I also think it'll be a boring game for two and a half, three quarters. And that's just my expectation of it. But if you want to watch a close football game, turn on the game at 10.30 p.m. at night. And you'll have a really close fourth quarter that will have some good, really good football coaches 
coaching some bad teams and, you know, methodically trying to come up with a game winning field goal to win 13 to 10 or 13 to 12. Yeah. I mean, over under is 30 in this game. Team, team total over <clears throat> is 30. That's a gross amount. I mean, there were some Browns games this year that were what 29. So totally understand that. Uh, Two and ten Patriots visiting the seven and five Steelers. Ooh, how the mighty have fallen. Steelers are six point favorites. Uh, Steelers are six point favorites. Yeah, six point favorites to the Steelers. I got uh, nothing else in that game. Yeah, I mean, let's see if Mitch Trubisky plays. Let's see how he does. Right, Mitch Trubisky's fun. Mitch Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. That's exactly what the NFL wanted to pick his, up. Kenny Pickett's hurt, isn't he? Yeah, he hurt his ankle. He had it's surgery not, today. That's right. That's fucking right. I know. It, it's so many quarterback injuries now that you just kind of like they blend together. But uh, all right. Next game, unless you got nothing else, we have the Buccaneers at Falcons. 1 p.m. game on Sunday. In Atlanta, Falcons are two-and-a-half-point favorites. This is a huge game. I would say this is a Buccaneers. Like, if you want to win the NFC South, you've got to win this game. And if you very much so can if you win this game. But then again, like right now, the Buccaneers are looking at at their schedule. And do they play? No, I mean, they played the – they played three more NFC South opponents. Yeah, Bucks got Bucks got Falcons this week, then Green Bay, Jaguars, Saints, Carolina again. I I completely agree with you. If the Buccaneers really want to win the division, they have to win this game, especially losing the first one to Atlanta at home. That was the game where Desmond Ritter fumbled on the one yard line, what, three times? Yeah. He's not gonna do that again, Bucks. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's got to come out slinging this game. In this game, defense has got to stand on their heads. If you want any shot at put, going into the playoffs, you got to make a stand right here and tie the uh, set the record straight and hopefully tie it up at six and seven apiece. I don't know what to expect out of the Falcons, man, because Desmond Ritter can play bad and he can play average. I feel like there's that's his ceiling. His ceiling is average. Yeah, I I would agree. I think he is not the guy, and the longer that they want to make him the guy, again, the happier I am. Uh, next game, we have Colts at Bengals. Colts are one-point road favorites in Cincinnati. This is going to be a really good football game. I think this is one of those where you look at, like, sneakiest matchup of the week, and you look at that one, and, I mean, they're not too, you know – Juggernauts, but they are they are two teams that, I mean, are coming off of big wins. And they fight. Gar- Gardner Minshew's feeling it. Yeah, like that team plays in close games. The Colts play in very close games. And I don't think the Bengals are going to go down at home without a fight. Uh, and I don't think the Colts have a phenomenal defense either. So I think the Bengals are looking at themselves and like with their playmakers, they're going to, you know, again, they're only – one point underdogs, but and Gardner Minshew has like a we. I I can't remember it off the top top of my head, but Gardner Minshew has like a weird stat with him on the road where he's just awful on the road. 
And I, I think you're right now, you're one in the Colts, obviously, to lose this game. You're rarely, as a Browns fan, rooting for the Bengals to beat a non-division team. I think you'll see in my picks that I'm going to do something very drastic. <laughs> Interesting. But, uh, all right, let's go to the next game. We have Jaguars at Browns. Browns, three-point home favorites. Obviously, this is tied to the Jaguars losing their star, Trevor Lawrence, first overall pick quarterback. And, I mean, who They haven't announced him? if he's playing or not yet. Yeah, so. Maybe he comes back with fucking, you know, the Aaron Rodgers treatment and he's back by fucking Sunday. But, I mean, this is good. This is another – this is a massive matchup. This is a really good football game. I was saying to some other people earlier today that this is the best Sunday slate I've seen in a long time. And as we go through the matchups, it's one of those where it's like, especially the 4 p.m. slate, I like those games. I think we'll get to them. But there's a lot of playoff implications across the board. Um, I agree with that. The 4 p.m. slate is very good. And I I don't know what I would want to watch. I mean. I'm just going to say it right now. Scott better be at PS Tavern or else I will lose my shit. I mean, that's their season. It's their season that they're fighting for right now, and that's I would say the Bills it's a must win, but we won't get there yet. Um, oh no, next... I meant like as in with the TV situation I was going through uh, on Sunday. Oh yes, that is that is another you know we can save that one for next week if it happens again. Um, but yeah, do you have anything on the Browns game? I I don't want to get my hopes up. Uh, that's one thing I'll say is I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to go into this game thinking uh, like the Browns are going to win think because Trevor Lawrence might not play. I don't want that to happen. I, w- I would like to see Joe Flacco again, and I really hope Amari Cooper is okay and ends up playing because I think that could actually be detrimental to the Browns season is the Joe Flacco-Amari Cooper connection. If Amari Cooper doesn't play – Browns fans hope Cedric Tillman steps up and shows us that he is the potential number one pick he could have been if he didn't get hurt at Tennessee because he was a stud at Tennessee. Elijah Moore, he makes plays, but I really, 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 really just want to run the ball down a goddamn team's throat. Jaguars, I'm sorry, man. You're just the next team in the way. Do you think the Browns win? No, I don't think so. I don't. I, I'm like 40, 60 uh, win, lose. 40 win, 60 lose. I think the Jags still have a very good team if Trevor Lawrence doesn't play. And I like Doug Peterson as a head coach. Yeah, I think it's going to be another really good matchup. I think it's another playoff implication game. We talked about it, but. Um, I think I think the uh, the person who missing would change a lot of things is if Denzel Ward plays. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know I said earlier he doesn't change a lot. Our front seven has to do stuff, but I think just the confidence for our secondary will it will do a lot if he plays. Next game we have the Texans at Jets. Texans. Five and a half point road favorites in MetLife. This is a uh, game that maybe we thought 
four weeks ago when the Jets weren't on this five-game losing streak was going to be a really good game. But now, I mean, it's really just a Jets, can you play spoiler and can you get some type of offense generated before your coaching staff gets put on the hot seat? But um, Texans, I mean, there's this is a trap game. You've got to win this one. Trap game, that's that's a good name for it, especially I, I don't know the Houston Texans schedule off the top of my head, but trap game with Tennessee next week and then Browns the week after. Not really a look ahead spot for the Texans, but you know, if CJ Stroud doesn't go in there with confidence like he's played with these this entire season, the Jets defense can get after him. And that could cause problems, especially if he I know he doesn't throw many interceptions, but if he starts maybe fumbling or something like that, and who knows what that fucking MetLife turf. Yeah, I know. Um, I need a snow game too this week. But again, here's what I'll say. Like week 14, I'm saying it's like the best Sunday slate. I think it's just primed up that way near this time of this, this time of the season, like early December, because all these teams still have a chance. They still have a shot. There's so everybody's, many teams that are right there. Everybody's going to put their best foot forward. I, I, there's no one that's going to be like, all right, let's pull some starters and like not get them hurt for next year or something like that at this yeah, point but, in time. But even that, it's like there's so many teams that are fighting for playoffs and it causes so many games that you look at and there's playoff implications throughout all of them, except for mm. maybe like two or three. And it's like, it's a really impressive slate. Like, I don't know. I look at this and I'm like every single game you can justify turning it on and watching it. Um, we got next game Rams at Ravens, a really good game. This is one of my, that I just don't see what the spread is. So favoring the Baltimore, but, at home, Ravens are seven-point favorites. And I just – I think the Rams win this football game. Like, I I think its game should be – and maybe I just underestimate the Ravens. I think you underestimate the Ravens a little bit and then also that they're playing at home. I don't care about that. It's And it's Lamar Jackson has only lost to an NFC opponent one time. Don't care about it. I truly believe – the Rams have a really – I think this game is like 50-50. The Rams are a really good team, and they're hot. They're like the Denver Broncos, except with a much better offense. And, and I mean, Baltimore just came off a bye. Don't care. I think buys are overrated. I think buys can sometimes stymie a offensive rhythm. You know, you're, you're clicking on all cylinders, and then you kind of like lose your juice when you take a week off. So I'm not saying that – the Ravens are a bad team or they're going to be bad in the playoffs. I'm just saying, I think the Rams were underrating here and this can be a really good football game. Uh, unless you have anything on that, we'll go to the next one. I'm interested in that game to see how the Ravens respond out of their bye week because of exactly what you were just saying, but the opposite. The last time we saw the Ravens, they played the Chargers on in that Monday night game and or was it Sunday night? It was either Monday or Sunday night. And the Ravens offense did not look as 
cohesive without Mark Andrews. And now this will be the second game with Mark Andrews gone. Mo- not done for the season, apparently. Potential to come back, but Ravens got to win down the stretch in order to clinch the number one seed and even hang on to the AFC North title, even though they do have a two-game lead of the Steelers and Browns now. Rams, they're hot right now. Three in a row. Now they travel east. Let's see what you got on a ro- on the road against a potential number one seed in the playoffs on the opposite conference. Matt yeah. Stafford could Matt Stafford could come out slinging. We got next game the Lions at Bears. Lions are on the road in Chicago at Soldier Field, and Lions are only three point favorites. But, I mean, last time they played, it was a competitive game that really the Bears should have came out on top. Uh, Vegas looks to favor the Bears more in terms of, like, they think they're a competitive football team and can play competitive games. But, I mean, that's another game where playoff implications. I mean, really only for the Lions, but that game matters. And I don't think it's going to be a blowout. But and it- it matters to Chicago too. It might not matter to the whole fucking fan base, you know, and playoffs and everything like that, but it matters for like Justin Fields showing the Chicago franchise that he is their starting quarterback of the future. It matters to Matt Eberflus, the coach of the Chicago bears, because he's going to coach for his job, even though almost everybody agrees he should not be the coach next year maybe step down and just become the defensive coordinator because he has done a pretty good job of rallying that unit into form after the whole defensive coordinator steps away because FBI's after him and shit. And you're exactly right. The Lions want to cement themselves as a potential top seed of the NFC with the Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, and it'll be the first time what that the Lions won the like would win the division in how many years? I mean, don't know. But uh, next game, Panthers at Saints. Saints at home, four and a half point favorites. This is a must win for the Saints. I think it's a trap game. The Panthers are due for a win. They're one and eleven. They're not that bad of a team. There are worse. There are much worse one in eleven rosters than I, I could agree the, with that. Than the Carolina Panthers. I think the Panthers are a all world one in eleven football team that we have seen in the NFL. Like they're in his in history, they're probably the best one in eleven team I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, um, try to think of one eleven teams. Um. They're, they're gonna win. This, they're gonna win this football game. If Jameis Winston plays, I would I would tune into this game because it would make it way more entertaining to see him throw three touchdowns and three interceptions, and one of them be a pick six. How fucking cool would it be if I was still in the fantasy playoffs and now I have Taysom Hill as my tight end, who would probably get half the quarterback snaps, <laughs> and I would have Dak Prescott as my quarterback. Like I would have easily won in the playoffs. Now that I think about it, but regardless, I don't care. I would have two starting quarterbacks. Don't care. Um, 
that'll, that'll be an entertaining game. You know, Panthers are playing on house money now. Uh, who, who, who knows? We got the fucking new head coach, you know, the interim guy, Frank Reich fired. Oh, that, yeah, but, uh, Last that's week, sad. them last week, them losing hurt that stat. You gave really doesn't beat. matter. <laughs> uh, Vikings at Raiders start the first 4 p.m. game slate. Both teams, I mean, the Raiders, I'm gonna say they're just out of the, the bubble, you know, they're like the ones that are like holding on to the bubble, like they're like hugging it and they're not in the bubble. Um, but the somehow, Vikings are three point favorites. Somehow, if the you know the bubble explodes, maybe they find their way back into a new bubble. But the the Vikings are three point fa- three point favorites on the road in Las Vegas. Uh, Vikings are coming off a bye. They looked really good. Who, who did they play? Who did Before, they play to? When they played the Bears, and Josh Jobs threw like three interceptions. And looked terrible, and looked like Joe Webb after I mentioned no, Joe man. Webb. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not that. But what I'm trying to say is, the early Josh Dobbs. Now that they're not committed to him. When they beat Arthur Smith Nick and the Falcons, Nick Mullins going to play? No, they're sticking There's, with Josh Dobbs. Are you sure? Pretty sure. I might be right on this because I know that fucking what's his face said he's not committing to any quarterback. He said I Nick do Mullins remember is healthy. That. He said Nick Mullins is healthy again. Kevin O'Connell said that. You got Jaron Hall, who they really like out of BYU, the rookie. I think he's bad. So I would like them to start Jaron Hall. But Josh Dobbs and Nick Mullins worry me the most as a Packers fan. Uh and we'll see which one they start. And I mean, the Raiders are one of those teams like you don't really see that how they like they have star players. And I mean, I think they can play close football games. I think this is a 60 40 that the Vikings win. Yeah, the, the Raiders got a shot of juice when Antonio Pierce took over. A little bit of that mojo has kind of disappeared with. You know, a loss <clears throat> after two wins to the Dolphins and then going on a bye kind of get forgotten about. Both teams coming out of a bye. Interesting to see them go against one another. Two middle-of-the-pack teams that are trying to make noise into the playoffs. As you say, the Raiders are grasping onto the bubble. This could be the game that pops the bubble for them, or it could be the game that pops the bubble for the Vikings. Who knows? Yeah. Um. We have the... I don't think this is a must-win for the Vikings, but I see what you mean. This Then we have the Seahawks at 49ers. 49ers, the hottest team in football at home. Massive game for the Seahawks. 49ers are 10.5-point favorites. Yay. I think that's a, a massive spread. I don't know if that's necessarily something I think will happen, but I don't know. What do you got in this one? It's put up or shut up time right now, Seahawks. You want to get get a shot in the playoffs? You got to knock off your probably divisional, eventual divisional champs. You got to do it in their own place. 
you want a shot at being the seventh, sixth seed in the playoffs in the NFC, you got to win this game. After this, you have a little bit lighter of a schedule, but you got to at least win this game to have potential, man. I'm, that's what I'm saying. This is another one of desperation. You saw them play with desperation against Dallas. Maybe they call out more stops in this one. Niners, they're just going to try and keep grooving and then end the Seahawks season. That's what they're going to try and do. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, teams don't want to see an opponent for the third time in the playoffs. So if you can end their season early, you're going to fucking take that chance. No, I agree. Uh, I think it's a better game though than a ten and a half point spread. Uh, Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. This is a uh, must win game for the Buffalo Bills. I think they know it. Uh, I think they're ready for it though. I think this is a good time to have to play the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are a really good team, um, but. I mean, right now it's like I think this is a 50-50 game, a coin flip on who you pick. And the Bills are the one of the best six and six teams you'll see. You know, again. it's a two and a half point spread because they're playing in Arrowhead. Yeah, and, and then if you think back, last year the Bills did beat them in Arrowhead. Bills get a bye week and now have to go play them. I would. I'm I you said coin flip. I would lean a little bit towards Buffalo. They did look good against the Eagles. They got stuff together against the Jets. Now they have a they had a full week of practice with Joe Brady now as the offensive coordinator because they did let go of Ken Dorsey. He maybe he makes some changes. Maybe he implements different things. Makes it simpler for Josh Allen. Well, I'd be I'd be I'd be a little bit more towards the Bills and that's that's me even as a Browns fan saying like shit I kind of don't want the Bills to win. Yeah, no, I'm towards the Bills in this game too. Uh next game Broncos at Chargers. Broncos are 3 point underdogs going into LA. This is a must win game for the Broncos. I think if they lose again like these all these six and six teams in the AFC, if they get their seventh loss, I think they're out. Because you look at the the Browns and the Steelers at seven and five, and you guys are like like at worst, I think you guys are gonna go ten and seven. And I think these teams that are six and six, they have to stay right now at least at seven and six. Like they can't go to you know under five hundred and try to think they have a shot. Um, but can the Broncos rebound after that loss to the Texans? Chargers, they just had a tough, gritty six point win. <laughs> you know, good defense, you can say, but great defense pitched a shutout. I mean, this might be a similar type game. This might be like a a sixteen to thirteen game. Could be, and you just. You don't know, but um, I think it'll be a good one. I think think it'll be a good game, too. It's a division division opponents. They know each other, throw out the record books, yada, yada, yada. It's just one of those things where, like, the Chargers are never that good. I don't know. 
They do get the fortune of playing this one at home. But I got to think that a Sean Payton coach Denver team that is now on the cusp of playoffs, suffering a kind of gut-wrenching loss to the Houston Texans that could ultimately decide your future, they're going to come ready to play. Yeah, I have... I think I probably have the Broncos in this one, but I mean, it's going to be a toss up. Next game, Eagles at Cowboys. Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. That comes off of the Eagles disappointing loss at home against the number two seed 49ers. And now the Cowboys, you know, they can, I don't know. Does this make them the one seed with the win or does this tie thing? I mean, when they get this tiebreaker, this won't make them the one seed, but does this make them the the two seed and make the I'm I'm curious if the Eagles fall to a wild card with a loss. Um I'm gonna no, punch the, the, with they, no. Uh, I'm gonna assume no, but because I think it would become a much bigger game at that point. But I do know that with a loss. This obviously puts the Niners in the one seed and yes. the Eagles fall to the two. Um, but, yeah, this is a massive game for the Cowboys. Uh, if they want to win the division, this is the game they got to win. If, if they want to, yeah. If they want to win. win the division, if they're not, like this is their, do they want to have a home playoff game or not this season? And so. And a potential buy. The 49ers have to play the Ravens, which I know you're not a big fan of the Ravens, but I think no. that's going to be a tougher matchup than that. Then, I think any any of the best teams in the NFL could still lose one more game with mm-hmm. five weeks left. I think it's possible, no matter how easy the schedule. Um, but, Big game. I think this is this is a game where we were talking earlier when we did the review of Dallas, Seattle, Dak being an MVP candidate. This is a game where Dak would have to step up, show he is an MVP. And take home the win. Dallas smacks teams at home. When Dallas is at home, they are a scary opponent. And they have to be thinking that, well, have to know that playing this game, one, to win, two, if they want home field advantage and be the scariest Dallas that they can be, they want home field. And they would have to they have to win this game in order to get it. No, yeah, it's a big game. Make all roads point to Dallas. It's like nice that you have in one week you have Bills, Chiefs, and Eagles, Cowboys. It's like two of the premier matchups in the NFL. That's, uh, yeah, and that Seahawks 49ers game is nice too. Yeah, Seahawks 49ers, not to mention, I mean, there's other ones, but we got uh, Packers at Giants on Monday Night Football. Packers are six and a half point favorites on the road in MetLife. Uh, two Monday Night Football games, but we'll start with this one. Uh, you got to keep rolling if you're the Packers. Got to keep rolling. This is, I mean, you can call this a trap game, but I honestly think the Packers are too young of a team for them to just, you know, hear trap game. They're too, I don't think they've arrived. I don't think they're going to have that mindset. Like I know Matt LaFleur talked about it, but again, I will say like the no game in the NFL is a gimme. And we've seen that with some of the best teams falling off and some of the games were just shocked with the outcomes of the game. 
this wouldn't shock me if this is a really tight game or the Giants just dominate. Like Packers offensive line is not a first class, you know, proven unit. And on defense, we have our hiccups. Like we're right now, we're the ninth best scoring defense, but we are 23rd in running defense efficiency. So we're the 23rd best run defense. And I mean, the Giants can run the football. They can, with play action, like they can make things work with DeVito. But I will say the Giants' defensive front is scary at times. They have that rookie out of Florida State, Deontay Banks, a corner, who's kind of a baller right now. They have players um, on defensive side of the ball, and they were a playoff team last year. I'm not trying to, like, you know, get in my head. I'm just saying they can make this game a lot closer than we think it's going to be. Um, just because the Packers beat a couple of good teams. I just think that shows the the lack of disparity between the best and worst teams in the league. It's not that far apart. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be a pretty decent game. I think it'll be a lot better than we think. Giants are coming out of a bye, too. Like, that's yeah. a, the well-rested. Tommy DeVito gets a little bit more into the playbook, I guess. I don't know. I yeah. think that's the that's the – Tipping of the scale is Tommy DeVito is going to continue to be the quarterback of the New York Giants going forward right now. And I think that's where this six and a half point spread comes from is just Tommy. Jordan Love, man, this is another coming out party for you. Three in a row, three, three primetime games to show what show me what you got. Comes out on Thanksgiving, balls against the Lions. Comes out following Sunday night against the Chiefs, the Super Bowl favorite probably, and absolutely just stuns Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in front of Taylor Swift and now gets a Monday night game against the New York Giants in MetLife to show the world again Jordan Love is here to stay as the Green Bay Packers quarterback. Two young quarterbacks in the NFC hold this Tommy, record. Hold Tommy this record. DeVito and Jordan Love. Two no. young quarterbacks. That's, that's not, that's not <laughs> Two young quarterbacks in the NFC right now hold this record of the only quarterbacks in NFL history to have four three-touchdown games in their first 12 starts. Well, one's Jordan Love. Jordan Love. And Brock, it, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's just a fun little stat, you know. Only two quarterbacks in NFL history to have that. But again, that's Brock Purdy has an all-star supporting cast. Jordan Love has a bunch of fifth round, third round, seventh round, undrafted rookie misfits. But they're not misfits anymore. They're talented young pieces. They're here to play. They're here to play. Dontavian Wicks. My guy. He's my Malik Heath. Malik Heath. Hey, he was the undrafted old Miss receiver that everyone wanted. Christian or Mingo, fucking Jonathan Mingo, the receiver for fucking Panthers. He was a second round pick. Yeah. Everyone wanted him, the old Miss receiver. And then no one wanted Malik Heath, who had more touchdowns and yards in the SEC last season. But, anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, Titans at Dolphins last week, last game of Monday night, or the other game on Monday night football last week of last game of week 14. Dolphins, 13 point favorites. 13. Uh, Dolphins love to kill bad teams. I'm sorry, Will Levis. Prepare to get destroyed by the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel. 
Yeah, I agree. I got nothing else on this. Um, Titans maybe make it interesting with a few turnovers and some pressure on Tua and Will Levis plays out of his fucking mind. With yeah, that being said, that's what you got to look for in this one. Third down, locks upsets. You go two and zero. So I went two and zero. You got your Dolphins. You got your win. Obviously, they win 45-15 as your lock. The Broncos. Oh, I'm sorry. You got your loss. Never mind. So you the Broncos. My bad. I totally thought you did. And but I went 0-2. I had the Chiefs as my lock. You're upset with the Eagles. And my Eagles, not my Eagles, but the Eagles <laughs> were my upset. Um, and that obviously didn't happen. Oh wait, um, it's it's uh it's uh wait, we, we already did it's third down, third down. Getting into third, get getting into third down, another beer jog. That's good work. Put in work. All right, we got I'm going to give – so right now in the season, I'm 11-2 and with locks and 5-8 and on upsets. You are now 8-5 and with locks and 5-8 and on upsets. So we're both 5-8 and on upsets. 500, baby. And not 500. (laughs) (laughs) That's not 500. That's that's below 500, but um, you are 500. Yeah, across the board. Yeah, you're 13 and 13. I am uh, 16 and 10. Um, but with that, my lock, I got the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins beat the Titans. And then my upset, I have the Bengals over the Colts. What do you got? Lock of the week. Did you say do- Dolphins over the Colts? I said Dolphins over the Titans. Oh. Dolphins over the Titans. All right, what's your going upset? fins, baby? Going fins, fins up. Damn right. What's you your upset? upset? I already said it. My upset's the Bengals. Oh, that that's what you meant when you said the when you mentioned the Colts. Okay, your upset's the Bengals. I'm writing it down. I'm sorry. Second one, my my upset. It's gonna it's a dicey one. Going with the Chicago Bears, baby. That's a terrible. That's a terrible take. I feel like there's no one. But you don't think there's a way that the no, there's a way. I just don't think that's the move. But hey, I've been wrong. Uh, okay. Fourth down. My best matchup of the week was the 49ers Eagles. Your best matchup was 49ers Eagles, and thank you, San Francisco, for making that game not as fun. Although it was still good to watch the Eagles lose. Um. The sneaky team won because of that one. Yeah, I'm glad I lost because of that one. Sneakiest game. Lion Saints was my pick. That was a good game. Turned out to be a really good game. Um, Not in the first quarter. Uh, And then your sneakiest was Chiefs Packers, and that was a really good game. Came down to the wire. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a really bad best and sneakiest last week and came back. I mean, you had Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers Seahawks, but. Guess what? You're back. Um, okay. 
my best matchup is Eagles Cowboys. It's a tough one. I wanted to put Bills Chiefs, but I just think Eagles Cowboys. There's a little bit more at stake in terms of you know two playoff Super Bowl contenders. And then sneakiest matchup for me, I have Rams Ravens. I think that game. Is, I think that's a very good football game. Mm. Very close. For I'll I'll take the one that you didn't pick, and I'll do Chiefs Chiefs uh, Bills, and that's most likely because. You're an NFC guy. I'm an AFC guy. I'll be tuning into that one to make sure to see what comes out of it. And I also just love the two quarterbacks in that game. I know that Dak and Jalen are playing very good too in your game, but I love watching Mahomes, even though I kind of hate his like act that he puts on. Like that that one thing in the Packers game, like the uh, the other night, where it was towards the end of the game and he the fumble happened that they ended up calling back with Rashi Rice and Isaiah Pacheco punched whoever that was. And the fit, the flag was on the ground and Patrick Mahomes was like sitting there like this, like covering his mouth, like pointing at the flag, thinking that it was on the Packers. So the play was going to be called back anyways. They called the back, called it back because it wasn't a fumble, but the flag was for fucking your dude punching a player on the opposing team, bro. Like, get over yeah. yourself. I do like Josh Allen, though. That is super fun. He's super fun to watch. Uh, my sneakiest matchup. Hmm. You mean Detroit, Chicago? I mean, you might as well if Chicago ends up being your lock or your upset of the week. Um, yeah, I also just think that, like, th- I think that that game was very close the first time around. Chicago knows how to play defense against Detroit. Now Chicago being at home, potential for an upset. That's why I picked it. And the other thing is I think that it will be a much closer nitty-gritty game. Yeah. At, at right. Soldier Field. Pick six. I go five and one. You went three and three. That moves us to last week. We we were at tied at thirty seven, thirty four, and one. So that puts me at five and one to forty two, thirty five, and one. And you go to forty, thirty seven, and one. So we're both above five hundred. I just have a two game lead on you going into week fourteen. My first pick six. I have the Bucks plus two and a half in Atlanta. Bucks plus two and a half. Okay, first pick of the week for me, Pittsburgh minus six, baby. Steelers six. My next pick, I have Rams plus seven in Baltimore. Rams plus seven. Cole looking like he's picking some, picking some underdogs here. Uh, my second pick will be the Indianapolis Colts minus one. Third pick, I have the Lions minus three. Lions minus three. Going against me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, My third pick, I will take the Houston Texans against the New York Jets minus five and a half. And then my fourth pick, I have the Vikings minus three at Raiders. 
Ooh, your fourth pick is a fate of mine. So you're minus three. I've got the Raiders plus three. And then I have the Seahawks plus ten and a half at the Niners. Ooh, you're just looking for them to cover, aren't you? Oh, yeah. But I think they can win. I think they can win, too. They play a good game. They play as hard as they did against Dallas. That is a That will be a much closer game than it was on Thanksgiving. I will take the Buffalo Bills plus two and a half against the Kansas City Chiefs. My last game, I have the Giants plus six and a half. Interesting. Against the Packers. My last game, I have the Denver Broncos plus three against the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, now I have to ask. Did you pick every every pick to fade that teams for your Browns hope? And then does that have anything to do with my six NFC picks to not fade them? <laughs> I think there's a little bit of like commonality there where I think I kind of started it like yours. I made mine way more obvious. When you were doing yours, I I couldn't tell that you were doing that. For me, I made it super obvious. <laughs> I think like your third pick, I could tell like both of us were going down the line picking against the teams we. I only figured out when you picked the Vikings and I picked the Raiders. But then okay, so I mean there you go. Kyle's got all the other six contenders in the the bunch fighting with the Browns. He's got them getting a win. Yeah, or at least covering, covering the spread. I have six NFC teams that. And I think these were good picks, too. I'm not just saying it. Um, but who's got the juice, Kyle? Who do you got? Who's got the juice of the week? Uh, I was going to say Dak Prescott, man. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for 299 yards, three passing touchdowns against the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night football. That comes off of a 331-yard performance for four touchdowns against the Washington Commanders the week before on Thanksgiving. He plays Philadelphia this week, a bitter rival of the Cowboys, and Dak is Dak is right there in the MVP conversation, and everybody likes to poke fun at Dak. Everybody likes to make fun of Dak. Dak is kind of turned the page and made it a little bit different this year, and the Cowboys might be able to ride his tuchus all the way to a number one seed in the NFC, potentially? Yeah, I'll go and say I had Jack Prescott as the last week's who's got the juice. I know. I... I'll i say this. Puka Nakua. Oh, yeah, he rookie, had a good game. Rookie. I mean, he only had four catches, but he eclipsed 100 yards again. He's got another touchdown. He literally had the juice on that 70-yard catch and run for the touchdown, but I didn't think he had speed in him. He didn't show that in college, um, but at BYU. But here's interesting. In 12 games, he's one of – it's either five or six receivers in NFL history to reach 1,000 yards in his first 12 games as a rookie. So another kind of like – 
exciting stat as a Rams fan to have so many weapons on offense um, when you thought it was going to be down here. But that's all I got. Yeah, and then the uh, to just kind of rally off the point you just made to have Kyron Williams like emerge as a solid number one running back for the Rams that is an excellent thing to have. Puka Nakua also had some good rushing yards in that game against the Cleveland Browns. I would only know because I paid so close attention to that game. But Cole, do you have any final thoughts for us tonight? Nothing, nothing. Last final thoughts. We're closing down Eminem deep right here. And this is the final beer chug that I know I owe my friend Andy. Three, two, one, zero. Look at that. Almost made me choke. (laughs) But that's another episode of MNM Deep, y'all. We are getting more fans as we go along, and it is a great time to start tuning in and see this debauchery of a podcast come together as a unit. As like as we like to call. I am Kyle McCumber. That's my co-host Cole Mueller. And we will catch you next week for another episode of Eminem Going Deep. And as always, go Browns. Go Browns.